0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I hear that chair at home. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We have been talking about the power of praying in the Spirit. The power of praying in the Spirit. Now in these days that we've been experiencing, so often people will look at a situation and say, I don't know what more to do. What more can come? How, how, how are we going to handle this? How do we deal with the situation? It seems like it's beyond even something that's possible for man to ever bring into control. And here's the thing. The things that are impossible to man are possible with God. Now, Pastor Allen, I've prayed every way that I know to pray and I still don't know. It just seems like, you know, what more do we do? Well, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. And Jesus said that even when he went, he said that he would give us and he would send the Holy Spirit and he would not only be with us, he would live within us. And he said that he would remind us of what we've been taught, that he would guide us into the truth, the Word of God, and He would show us things to come, reveal to us our future. Paul said it this way when he said, we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. And that intercession is what's so important, is that when we pray not by our own minds or our own thoughts, but we're able to pray what God says, we will get the perfect prayer prayed. And that's why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, then what am I to do? This is from the amplified version. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, and that's by the Holy Spirit within me. And I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. So there is a place that we do need to understand. I know that, for example, if I'm trusting God for a job, I want to make sure that it's the right job. When once God's released to my, in my heart the peace that this is the job for me, then I can say, Father, I thank you. I received my job. I've done that. I've prayed that in English and I understand what I've prayed. But what mechanism is necessary? Who needs to approve that? Uh, who, what do I need to say at the right time? Well, uh, well, you know, how's it going to happen for that to come to pass? Well, I'm going to have to pray some things that I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't even know the company that I need to go to. I don't know. I need to see that advert. Well, how am I ever going to see the advert for that job? How am I ever going to find out about it? You see, there's so many variables. Maybe God says, I want you to plant a church as he did to Janine and me uh, many years ago. And he said, I want you to go to Cape Town and plant a church. And so we were sent by God to, go and do, to come and do this work. Now, He just said, when I, when I first heard it, I just sensed Cape Town. You see, I'd been born in Cape Town, raised in Cape Town, went to school. And then I moved to Johannesburg when I met Janine and we got married and I was working up there. And so when God said, go back and I want you to go and plant a church for me, it's huge. I mean, you know, from Cape Town city all the way through, you know, the whole Cape region, where do you go? Who do you go to? Where, what building? Uh, there's so many variables that you have to know I don't know everything I just have the the target and so what happens is I pray that in English father I thank you I receive it I've heard your call we are planting a church I believe I know where it is even though my mind doesn't yet know I believe I know what we need to do even though I don't have the plan laid down in front of me I believe I have every finance and need fully supplied even though there was nothing in our bank to show and so there's, there's so many, all these variables that we don't know. But praise God, the Holy Spirit does. He knew exactly where we need to be. He knew when it was going to be. He knew who was going to be there. He knew who was going to partner with us to make it happen. He knew all of that. So how do we pray? it? I let Him do the praying. And so instead of relying just on my intelligence, my mind, and my understanding, I prayed with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me. Janine and I would pray in tongues many, 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 many hours to spend praying and praying and praying and praying. And by that way, we could birth God's perfect plan. You see, when you pray in other tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now I've already covered quite a lot of information. This is already part four, I believe it is. And so we have already looked at uh, the difference between the gifts of speaking in other tongues, uh, different kinds of tongues. We've looked at what praying in tongues is. And so if you missed that, and this is the first time that you may be listening to this, you say, how, how can you say that praying in tongues is, is just prayer or praying? Do we, Is the church supposed to pray in tongues today? Is that still a gift today? If any of those questions come up, please, I really want to encourage you to go and listen to part one, two, and three. I don't have time to cover that every time we teach because now I want to get into the reason for it, the purpose for it. And so we understand it says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. And that's what we're talking about. This type of tongues is a prayer language for no one understands him. So this is no earthly language. This is not a case of being in some home language or in foreign country language, because yet says no one understands. And also, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. These are the mysteries that we're talking about, the mystery of when I need to do something, who am I going to marry, what's my next job, do I invest or don't I? But God reveals those mysteries as we pray in other tongues. Hallelujah. And so last week, we began having a look at the reasons for praying in the Spirit. And so number one, we had a first look at it was God can arrange deliverance, protection, or provision for you or someone you pray for. God can arrange deliverance, protection, and provision for you or someone you pray for. As I said, when we were planting this church, we needed the plans. We needed to know where it was, who was going to be a part of it, the finances that we needed to get it up and running. Uh, all of those things but as we prayed in the spirit as we prayed in tongues gradually more and more became new to me became we became aware of it It became new to us but we became aware so as we prayed the Lord led us that we would plant the church in Somerset West and that was revealed through situations through us being here by Him, Spirit leading us, by confirmation through somebody else requesting, by a pastor confirming it, slowly it became more and more manifest. And then when we came down, the building that we were going to be in, God told us where it was going to be, told Janine it would be a building that a church is already in. Now, I mean, you know, which building is that? We went and searched Thomas West and looked like all the churches were using their buildings. But praise God, He led us to the right building. And it was revealed. And then what about the provision? We just, we sold our house and all the proceeds from our sale, we put all of that into the ministry. Well, that was gonna sustain the church. It would get us up and running, but it wasn't gonna sustain it. We couldn't keep running the church forever just on our finances. We needed partners, but God by us praying in tongues brought those partners together. And together we made sure that it worked. And today, yeah, we are so many years later and God's still doing it. And we're still praying in tongues and we still continue to pray because there's still more to do and more churches to plant and more outreaches to do. And so where's the next church going? God already knows, but I'm going to pray. And as we pray together, we birth these things and we pray out God's perfect plan. Hallelujah. Family, I really want to encourage you. If you're ever in a place where you reach a point of confusion and you think, what next? Don't sit there worrying and trying to figure it out in your head. Your head can only think so far. <laughs> how many of you notice that? I mean, you try and work out how you're going to pay for something, for example. Uh, you can say, okay, I've got this money in this investment, I've got this money in this bank account, and I've got this money. If I sell that, I can pull this together, and it still doesn't make enough. Well, what if I go and get a job? Then maybe I get this. And you notice what's happening? You're almost wheel spinning. Because you're doing those sums over and over and over and retracing and thinking if I do this and if I move that and you're still coming up short. But here's the good news. God supplies every need. He's not mocked. Have you ever sown a seed? There's a harvest on that seed. Have you ever tithed? The windows of heaven are open above you and God pours out a blessing and provision. Well, where's it gonna come from, Pastor Allen? That's the point get into the presence of God and begin to pray in other tongues. You pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. For how long? You pray. How long, Pastor? Pray. Pray long. <laughs> how long's pray long? Pray long? long is as until you know in your heart it's done. That's it. That's it. I, uh, in other words, if you're still asking how long I need to pray, then you haven't got your answer yet. But when you've prayed long enough and you know, you will know, bam, there's the answer. There'll be a release in your spirit. And no one has to say you should be praying longer. No, i got the answer. Hallelujah. I've got the answer. There's a peace that happens. And then what happens is God begins to reveal it. All of a sudden, you think you're just out meeting somebody for coffee. And you just think you're just going out for a nice day to catch up with a friend. And all of a sudden, there's somebody sitting at the table on the other side, And they have an idea for you. And next moment, you know, three weeks later, you're a multimillionaire. Just one meeting away. How did that happen? Well, you were praying and God set it up. God set it up. Say that. When I pray in tongues, God sets up my future for me to prosper. Did you hear that? Say it again. When I pray in other tongues, God is setting me up for a future of prosperity. And my future starts now. (laughs) Amen. Family of God, I don't know why anybody would argue why I don't know whether I should be praying in tongues. When I heard this, I can't get enough of praying in tongues. I won't let a day go past without me praying in tongues. Why? Because I got a tomorrow that's gonna arrive to be today. And when it's today, I need everything set up for that day to be successful. And that's gonna happen when you pray in other tongues. Another very important reason, number two. Now, these aren't in any particular sequence. It's just points that really I wanna use to encourage us to desire to pray in tongues more than ever before. So if it's not just for God to make sure you or a family member succeed or a friend or whatever, number two, God draws people we know to Christ. God draws people to Christ. How many of you got a family member, an uncle or a granny or or a friend maybe or someone, a colleague at work that you know you want You so much want them to know Jesus the way you do. You want them to come to know Jesus. And maybe you've even presented the gospel. Maybe you've invited them to church. And uh, maybe you've tried to get them involved, read this, listen to this message. Maybe you've passed on one of my messages say, you're going to really enjoy this teaching. And then you ask, have you listened to it? they go, no, not yet. And and (laughs) I know what it's like. We've been through that. And you invite them to church. No, one day, maybe I'll come with you, but not at the moment. You know, but we, we know they need to give their life to Jesus. So you've done everything you know in the natural. You've done the inviting. You've given the messages. You've, done, you've told them you test me. So what now? So John chapter 6, verse 44. Look at John chapter 6, verse 44. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one, that's John chapter 6, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. Isn't that interesting? That's why, you know, when people say, ah, you know, I was this and I was that, a drug addict or an alcoholic, whatever, and then I found God. You've heard me say it before, God was never lost. Now, I know what you're saying. I do understand that. I know that it seems like, you know, all of a sudden I discovered religion or I discovered God or I discovered church, whatever. No, somebody you love was praying for you. Someone that loves you. Someone that loves you was praying for you. And that praying for you is where God, because of that intercession, drew you into Him. See, we don't find God. He found us. And the only reason you or I came to know Him as Lord and Savior is because He drew us into Him. Hallelujah. See, family of God, how many you realize that most people, if not all, don't go out looking for God unless God draws them. And here's the thing. God only draws people to Him as Christians pray. See, when the church prays, she gives birth to new Christians. When the church prays, she gives birth to new Christians. Listen to Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah 66 verse 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Now we know when Isaiah prophesied this, he may be knowingly or unknowingly, but he thought, because I don't know what he was thinking at the time, I can only imagine, but he was speaking to Israel at the time. He was praying that, he was speaking to Israel that if we would intercede, if we would pray then God will give birth to the nation of Israel. Israel would grow. But family God, we understand that since Jesus has come through understanding and revelation of prophetical language, that Zion was a type of the church. We talk about types and shadows. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And so as the New Testament manifests and shows up and we play out in the New Testament, it's revealing the prophecies that were hidden in the Old Covenant. And so when we talk about Zion, there was a very real Israel and for example, a very real Egypt. But when Israel came out of Egypt, went through a desert, a wilderness into a promised land, that is a type of the church coming out of slavery and bondage through Jesus paying the price through death and resurrection. And once you've been through that death and resurrection, that wilderness, you enter into the promised land, your salvation, hallelujah. And so when you see Zion, it's talking about the church being born again. Now, if you read it from that perspective, it says here, shall a nation be born at once. As soon as the church, was in labor she gave birth to her children hallelujah now i've never been pregnant praise god i am so happy i know (laughs) i thank god for my wife you know when people say women are weak uh uh-uh when you've seen a woman give birth to a child I, that's where I don't have a problem. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a man. I'll stay a man. Thank you. Hallelujah. Because, you know, when it comes to birth, birthing a child, uh, many women who are pregnant, you have maybe heard it. Maybe it was you if you're a woman. Have you noticed that you carry that child for nine months? There, there's a joy about it. Maybe even gone through even the you know the the morning sickness and and through you know maybe the the carrying of it, the weight of it, the, the the temperature, the heat, and all of that. But there's a joy, there's a willingness, there's a desire. This is my baby. I'm going to be bringing forth this baby soon. But you notice when that labor kicks in, sometimes there are women that go and they say, "I don't want to do this." It's, well, it's now. It's not the time to decide that. That should have been decided nine months ago. <laughs> but now the baby's here. But you notice that that baby is inside that mother, but that mother goes into travail. She goes into labor. It's not just like, well, the baby's yeah, Let's just, you know, get it out now. Some ladies, it seems to go through much easier than others, but the point is they're still going into a labor. That body, the whole body begins to react. The whole body begins to convulse. Every muscle starts to work and and, and says that this baby is coming forth. And so when the mother cooperates with that and begins to move with those movements and begins to, when the contractions happen, she works with her body. Then what happens is together as as she labors and she brings forth, she works, that baby is birthed. And the word of God is putting that in the same type as when the church labors, she brings forth children. Have a look at it from the King James Version. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. See, family travailed is more than just sitting there, you know, comfortable. You don't just go, oh, well, babies, yeah, let's do this. Okay, there's the baby. No, this is not, you You notice when the woman goes into travail, nothing else matters at that moment. I don't care if something's burning in the oven. When they're in travail, I don't care about that anymore. I don't care about anything except bringing that baby forth. Family of God, if we're wondering why the church has been struggling, why it doesn't grow as much as it does, not, the Bay Christian Family Church, we talk about worldwide. The Bay Christian Family Church is a growing church because we know how to travail. You understand what I'm saying? But what I'm talking about is worldwide when they talk about declining figures of Christianity and you hear other religions may be increasing. The reason is the church needs to get back to travailing. It's not just saying, God, please build the church. No, we have to labor. And it's more than just sitting around hoping God brings somebody to the church. When Zion travailed, travailed. Now, you know travail is work. There's a lot more happening and there's effort in it. And it says that when Zion travailed, when the church breaks forth in that prayer of praying in other tongues with groanings that cannot be uttered, she brings forth children. Have a look what Paul said in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Now, that Christ is formed in you, we'll have a look at another day. But right now, I want you to notice he says, When I labor in birth again again. So obviously, this is something that'll happen again for other reasons. As I said, we'll study it later. But today, I want you to pick up on the labor again. That means to bring them forth. He'd already labored. He says, my little children. Why? Because I brought you forth. How come you brought me forth? And here's the thing, in the spirit realm, it's not just the woman who give birth. Any spirit, male or female, in the spirit, gives birth By praying in other tongues. He says, my children who I labored for in birth. Paul gave birth to the believers. How? By praying in other tongues. See, Paul was saying, my intense praying in the Spirit for you was like giving birth in the Spirit. My intense praying for you in the Spirit was giving birth in the Spirit. Say that, when I pray, in the spirit, in other tongues, when I pray fervently, I give birth in the spirit. Look at Colossians chapter four, verse twelve. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, listen to this now, always laboring fervently for you. How? In prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. There's your confirmation that laboring in the spirit is in prayer. So say this, when I pray in tongues, it is equivalent, the same, as a woman travailing to give birth to a baby. When I pray fervently in other tongues, I am giving birth to Christians. Isn't that a powerful thought? God has chosen to do this through you and through me. That's where someone says, well, you know, it's only God. God draws people to Jesus and God's the one that gives life and God's the one that leads. Yes, I agree with you. But you notice you can use that same argument in the natural. God is the one who gives life. There's not one life on this planet that didn't come from God. All life comes from God. You agree with me? Say amen. Now, do you notice that He is the creator, but He chooses to do it through a woman? How I many you know God could just have said, you know, uh, 58 years ago, He could have just said, Alan Bag B, and I would have manifested. He could have done that. But He chose to do it through my mother impart the life into the earth. there's all kinds of reasons. I don't have time to study it now, but God does that for a reason. He needs that family unit. He wants that mother connected to that baby. He wants that intimacy. All of that's in place. But here's the point that I'm making. God is the creator, but no person's ever been born except through a woman. Even Jesus. God who wanted to come to the earth as a man had to enter through the womb of a woman. God, who can do whatever He wants to do, the all-supreme being, the fully sovereign God, if He wanted to walk on this planet in a body, had to come through the womb of a woman. So even though God's the one that draws man to Him, and He would have that none should perish, And He wants the entire world saved. He so loved the world that He gave His Son. Whoever believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. No matter how much God wants someone saved, He's chosen to do it through a praying church. It's your and my obligation, family, to pray and intercede, to give birth to children of God, to give birth to Christians. What a privilege, what an honor, hallelujah. See, God always restored Israel when they prayed. And that is the shadow and the example for us. When we look at that from the Old Testament, you notice when even when Israel was in bondage or got into war or in famine, whenever somebody came back to God and interceded and stood before God on behalf of the nation, God always delivered them every single time and so when the church travails she brings forth new christians see family if we stop praying if we as a church and we can talk about church worldwide or us as the bay christian family church if we stop praying the church would begin to decline and fewer and fewer people would come to jesus isn't that interesting And people say, well, you know, won't people just come anyway? No. Have you noticed people don't flock to come to church? You don't just get people that, you know, just line up and just come running in. Why is that? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 gives us the answer. Verse 3. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now notice what he's saying here. Paul is saying that those who are not saved have their minds blinded so that they don't hear the gospel. Get a hold of that. Anyone who's not saved, Satan works, and he's worked very hard. I know he worked in my life. Surely he worked in yours as well before you were saved. He did everything he can to make the gospel seem offensive, Christians to seem hypocritical, and I don't want what they got, and I'm not prepared to listen to them. Maybe use situations that if, if there was a God, how would he let that happen to me? The devil's done everything he can to block our minds so that even when someone presented the gospel, we didn't see it. Someone may have invited me to church. I know many times. My mother tried to invite me to church so many times, and I just refused. I did not want to be part of that. I said, don't, I don't don't want it. She would give me tapes in those days. It was those, those cassette tapes. She would give me tapes to listen to. They lay in my study just gathering dust. She would try and invite me to church. I wasn't interested. We'd have discussions and, she, and I'd have all my reasons. And I would say this and that. And she just couldn't answer me. She, I, I got really hard. In fact, got so angry eventually that I said to her, if you ever invite me to church again, give me one more set of tapes, quote a scripture, I will walk out of your life and you will never see me again as a son. And my mother went before God and said, Father, I don't want to lose my son. And if this is how I'm going to lose him, then I don't I want him saved. And all I know now is to do what you said to do, and that is pray. And she would pray in tongues for hour upon hour upon hour, hours of prayer. She would pray. And then one day, it seemed to me like I woke up and I thought, you know, maybe I should start learning about god and maybe i should start finding i started looking for material to read and and you know i started seeking out the answer i was uh, you know and i thought it was just me and then you know the account what happened with janine if you haven't heard that testimony yet uh but it was quite a long one now so where she had a disease and my mother said if if you would come to church jesus would heal that and uh i still got angry at the time and said no i'm not interested this is exactly what i was talking about and Janine said, would you just support me? And I said, yes. And I thought, well, I'm supporting my wife. Why did I say yes? Because the veil was being removed through intercession, through prayer. And so by the time I stood in front of that pastor and he laid hands on my wife and I saw her healed, those, that, that veil was ripped away. And I suddenly could see, this is true. Miracles do happen today. Everything I've been, t- everything that my mother's been telling me, everything I've ever heard, even back when I started thinking things that were said in a church that wasn't even living out the full gospel of Jesus a religious type of church, I started remembering things they were saying and all of a sudden, oh, that's what that means. That's what this means. I could suddenly see when I sat down in church for the very first time and Pastor Theo started teaching I understood everything he said. It wasn't just noisy garble to me anymore. Why? The veil had been ripped away. How? Through intercession, through prayer. See, as we pray for our loved ones, that veil is removed. You think, why are they not listening to me? How come they don't? I remember we tried to lead uh, Janine's parents to the Lord, and I sat with her father many, many hours. And we'd talk to him about the gospel, and and he would agree, and he would say yes, and I see that, and I would invite him to church. No, not yet. And and that just, uh, I, I tried everything I knew, and I, but one thing we did, we kept praying. Kept praying in tongues, kept praying in tongues. Father, we thank you. Dad and Mama say, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Janine and I together, praying and interceding for them. And then one day, we had a, a Easter play, a Passover play at Christian Family Church in Johannesburg. So we invited them to come and watch. And it came to the altar call. And while the altar call was happening, we were sitting in the back left corner, so I was looking down over the congregation, busy praying in tongues. And Pastor Theo said, if you put your hand up, please come forward. Next moment, I feel this bump on my shoulder. And I look, and there's dad going to give his life to Jesus. I rejoiced. I rejoiced. And I stood there thinking, but what did I say that, what what was said today that I didn't say? (laughs) No, was there something, one more thing I could have said? No, it wasn't that. It was that there was a a veil, but the more we prayed, that veil was removed. And at that moment, that veil was ripped away and he could see he wanted to serve Jesus. Isn't that amazing? See, family of God, that's what you and I can do. If you have a family member, you're trying to see saved, someone you love, you want to know them to know Jesus the way you know him, is the time to do it is right now and begin to pray and intercede. So now, how do we do this? How do you get somebody saved? How do you lead them to the Lord? Well, here's just very quickly five basic, easy steps. And I'm just putting it in five steps so that you know what to do. But uh, it can be done without going step one, two, three, four, five. It's just mean we do all the time. But just so that you understand it. Number one is, first of all, call that person by name. You say, Father, I'm praying for Uncle John in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that he would be saved. I'm calling right now. I'm bringing up the name. Bring up the name of the person that you desire to be saved. Then number two, you command Satan to release their mind in the name of Jesus. Now remember, you're interceding. That person doesn't know how to pray. But God has said He will answer the intercessor. He says if you pray, He'll answer. Even Jesus makes intercession for us. When I don't know what to pray, He's praying for me. Isn't that good news? So what you do, is you now are the intercessor. That person you love doesn't know how to pray. They don't know about the name of Jesus. They don't even know if there's a devil or not. Even though they might say there's one, they don't know how to deal with him. You do. So you bind that devil in the name of Jesus and you command him to let their mind go. And when you do that, the devil has to listen to you. You submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And then once that's done, You begin to pray in the Spirit. You just begin to pray in other tongues. Just pray in other tongues. Just thanking God. Father, thank you. You remove the veil in the name of Jesus. Pray in other tongues. Holy Father, angels surround my friend. Protect him. Surround my uncle. Protect him. Surround my granny. Protect her. Just pray. 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 Pray in other tongues. Just thanking, thanking, pray. Thank him. Pray. Thank him. Pray. Just pray in the Spirit. Just keep praying in tongues. How long? keep praying, pray along, just go, just pray, 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 and all of a sudden, you will sense a release, there's a victory, and once you sense that, now you know, you sit, it's like in your heart, oh, that's it, Uncle John is saved, that's done, then what you do is you go invite them to church, You invite them to come watch with you online. If the building's open, you bring them here and you invite them. And you watch that time. Once you've had that release, they'll say yes. And if they say no, you get back to pray. You keep at it. The day will come. They'll say yes. And then number five is just share your personal testimony. You know, sometimes we go in there quoting scriptures and the Word says and the Bible says and God says. But if they don't believe the Bible, why must they believe what you say? Even though they're receiving faith through hearing it, it's not working in their hearts yet because they might say, well, I don't, I don't always agree with the Bible. And uh, you, are you sure the Bible's true? And Who wrote the Bible? And are you sure uh, it could be any and all that? But yes, one thing. No one can argue with you about your testimony. They can debate you on what's in the scripture, but they cannot debate your testimony. What happened to you happened to you. And no one can say, I don't believe that because you were there. And so share your personal testimony. I've done it many, many times because once you start sharing the testimony, they know you're not a liar and you're not making this stuff up. And so you share with them, this is what happened. This is when I prayed. This is what God did. And look what happened. And that testimony will cause them to start thinking. See, the veil has been removed by you praying in tongues. And then through them seeing that. How many of you have been encouraged when I testify about what happens in our life, what happens in Janine's life? We know many people that have been here. When I talk about our children, how we couldn't give birth, we couldn't fall pregnant. We could give birth. We couldn't fall pregnant. uh, But through the word of God, Janine fell pregnant, and we, all our children today are our own. Even doctors say it's still today. Don't think it's possible. And how many people have come to us and said, that testimony so blessed us, and we've got children today because we believe after what you said, we believe God's word. See, that's what happens. So pray. It's time to give birth to new believers. Amen. So family God. I've encouraged us today. I'm telling you, you know who you want to get saved. Now you know how to do it. Were you blessed? Did you receive something? Amen. We as the church are going to continue praying as we have never prayed before. And we're going to see more salvations than we've ever seen before. Why? Because together as a church, we travail and we give birth To the children of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hand and say, today I heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. And today I choose to put into action what I've heard. I pray in tongues. Every day I intercede. For new believers, for new Christians, for Christians to be born, born into the kingdom of God, I am the church of God that travails and gives birth to the children of God. As I pray, people are saved. As I pray, God draws people to Himself and they come to know Him as their Father and are born again, children of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, rejoice. Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah.